This is Andrew Brewer, host of the Healthcare Insights in Northwest North Carolina podcast, brought to you by Northwest Area Health Education Center at Wake Forest School of Medicine. My guest today, Allison Jennings, who is the Director of Development for the Watauga County Habitat for Humanity. So I'm going to say welcome, and you tell me what you just told me a minute ago about Habitat for Humanity and what you do, and we'll, we'll go from there. So uh, Watauga Habitat for Humanity is part of a global nonprofit, um, Habitat for Humanity International. And what we do is partner with low to moderate income families, and we help them build and then buy their home. They buy their home in a zero interest mortgage. So the criteria to qualify for a Habitat home is, um, first of all, a housing need. And, and we can we can talk about that um, a little more later. But, um, you know, there could be many criteria that would determine a housing need. Maybe they're living in overcrowded home. Um, you know, just a, a rundown home, inadequate heat. Um, so there you go, the correct, um, a housing need, and then an ability to pay. All of our homeowners pay for their homes. It can be a misconception sometimes that we uh, give homes away, but they don't. Um, we don't give away homes. Uh, our homeowners pay for it with a zero interest mortgage. And then, of course, the third criteria is a willingness to partner. And I mentioned Habitat homeowners build their own homes. That's that's what they do. Uh, they don't have to have an extensive background in construction, but uh, definitely they put in some sweat equity. They could be just volunteering on the job site. Um, you know, maybe they'll come clean up after a build. So um, that's basically the concept behind um, Habitat for Humanity. Well, great. And can you just briefly give us a history of, of your uh, Watauga habitat and and kind of go over the give us a prick picture of the landscape there right now with housing and the demand and and where the challenges are and those kind of things well uh, there's uh, first of all i think uh, the housing market in most areas is just off the charts right now it's definitely a uh, seller's market not necessarily a buyer's market and um, where affordable housing was a rare thing a year ago, it's almost unheard of now. I just read an article in our local paper that when a person goes to sell their home, they're getting 98 to 100 percent of the asking price, if not more. So when someone um, is is struggling to find affordable home ownership, you know, Watauga County is is a challenge for them. Um, we have a population of about 55,000 people and 40% of those people over 8,000 households are what we call cost burdened, which means that they're paying um, more than 40%. I, I said, yeah, 8,000 80, are cost burdened. That's about 10% of our population. Sorry about that. But 40, they're paying more than 40% of their income on housing is what they're doing. And that income can in, will include, of course, their rent, their utilities, but when you're uh, paying that much of your income on housing, it just it, it makes it impossible to save for, you know, things that may come down the road. Yeah. How true is that? And, you know, as you were talking, I, I've recently purchased a home. So I went through all that and realized how the market is. Um, I probably looked at 30 homes 
for we found one and several of those would list in the morning and be under contract uh, that same same day so i'm very hyper aware of how that goes on um so let's talk about um well uh, the other thing i wanted to mention was you know i my interest rate was like two and a half percent so that zero interest although very attractive is not as huge of a thing right now with as low as money costs of course you know qualifying for a loan is another thing but um you know back to the notion of what percentage of your income that you need you know that, that's a dangerous level to to exceed and, and how important it is to have affordable housing and and what are some of the efforts that are going on outside of habitat right now that that are trying to address that problem in your county if at all well, you know, that's um interesting uh, question. I just had a phone call from a bishop at a local church and their their church is really going to focus on affordable housing this this year, this current year and and he um shared with me that um there there's no HUD inventory available right now. So say you had someone in a transitional um housing shelter that wanted to um move into a, a HUD apartment there's no inventory available for that right now. So right here in Watauga County. Um, and also to, to share with you too about a 0% mortgage for a Habitat home, um, the payment that a homeowner, a Habitat homeowner pays, including taxes and insurance, will never exceed 30% of their income. So we, we set the payment, we hold the mortgage, but we set that payment to where it doesn't exceed 30% of their income. So uh, we try to, and build building energy efficient homes too, so they can actually afford to live in the home. So. Yeah, that, that's great. Um, So the, you know, back to why we're talking about housing and, and you know, social determinants of health has been mm -hmm. a big uh, push over the last couple of years um, to get, you know, people to understand all the challenges and all the things that affect one's overall health and, and wellness um as a human being and and we don't have to spend much time on how important housing is for that um and, and i guess where i'm going with it is is talk about some of the ethos of number one having uh the homeowner participate in the build and the responsibility of payment and and you know how is that build I'm kind of leading the witness here, but how does that build the 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 real sense of ownership and and kind of feed into the overall well-being of the homeowner? Well, um, you know, it, it it offers a lot when a homeowner is out there volunteering uh, 250 to 300 hours during the course of their build, and not only is it a type of homeowner education, as in how to do this. I mean, they've had hands-on experience. They were there when the um, first walls were put up. They were there when the floor was laid. They were there meeting the volunteers that have uh, that are helping them build their home. They've met donors. I mean, we're currently building a house right now that was sponsored by a church, and that that partnership and and um, church members working uh, side by side with the homeowners has just has been transformational not only for the homeowners, but, you know, the, the congregation also. So uh, that that is a, a true sense of creating community when you can actually become an active 
citizen and not just a member of the community, but you're actually active and transforming and changing it and working, working together. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and it also kind of gets to that, um, taking pride in your, in your space and really making it beautiful and making it your home and, and, and all, as opposed to say, you know, just being given something, you know, so you, so you have that piece built into it. Um, so I don't know much about, again, the housing market there. I mean, it's, it's similar. It sounds like that it is here. What What is the incentive or lack of incentive for, uh, for building uh, affordable housing? I mean, like multi-unit apartments and things like that. I mean, is there just, is it just doesn't work math wise or, or what's, what's, what's going on? Well, that's, that's a great question. And I'm not sure I have all the answers to it. I will say that um, being in an area that has a big university, Appalachian State, a lot of our housing is uh, taken up with student housing. And as the university grows and their enrollment grows, so does the uh, desire for uh, apartments for students to live. Um, you know, when we have to live together in harmony here with App State, I mean, they help our community thrive. They offer lots of jobs, uh, not to mention the opportunity for a great education. Um, and we, we are glad that we are now partnering with Appalachian State in a student-led partnership called App Builds a Home. And so students at App State um, they just uh, built a home for us, again, working side by side with the homeowners. And that home was completed last summer. And we're now getting ready to break ground on the second home with completely in partnership with Appalachian State students. And then they've committed to building a third home. So um, although we don't have all the solutions and why can we not create more affordable housing here, we're glad to have uh, the university uh, helping us come up with some of those solutions, um, you know, one step at a time, one house at a time. Mm -hmm. That's great. Now, how do you go about choosing um, the site selection? Well, currently we have our own habitat neighborhood. It's called Greenwood. It's a, uh, right beside uh, a elementary school. It's a pre-K through eighth grade school. And when I say right beside, there's actually a Greenway that connects the two properties, the Greenwood community and Green Valley School, lots of greens. So, um, and that has enough space to build about 22 homes. And we have just, we're finishing up our eighth home there. So uh, we're getting ready to uh, build our second phase out there. And we have, you know, a children's park. And so we've got that space for now. We're building about two homes a year. So we'll, we'll outgrow that um, the quicker we build and the more that we kind of pick up our pace, the sooner we're going to outgrow that. And that's something long, long term that we have to really look at for budgeting. We've, we've got to be on the lookout for um, more sites, more land, and hope that we can get some good donors or, you know, a, a great price because it all goes back to affordability. You can't afford to buy a home. You surely can't afford to buy land to build one on. Well, it sounds like it's very intentional to locate that neighborhood mm -hmm. close to schools and other services. And of course, the Greenway sounds great for just being out and being active. So so it seems like the community aspect's important as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's a great little community. I mean, you know, uh, we had um, a family that moved in that I mentioned last summer, the Barker family. And 
uh, just to see those kids riding their bikes around the park and uh, just enjoying it and hiking. And they just, they, they love it out there. And, you know, I mean, I know I grew up in a little neighborhood when I was a kid, but I, and I know what that meant, uh, just riding bikes and hanging out with your friends that live right next door to you. So, um, I mean, the, our families are really enjoying that. Lots of kids running around that neighborhood. That's great. Um, is Habitat the only game in town doing this? I mean, I, I know I'm aware of things in Forsyth County. I've been on several builds here and the same sort of thing. They have, you know, a general vicinity, you know, a community where the builds are happening and those, most of those houses are Habitat homes. Um, so it's very familiar, but um, I don't know of other agencies or other nonprofits or other initiatives that are building homes for people and, and building with the homeowner and providing those financial services and things like that. Um, then Habitat, is there anyone else out there? Well, we're the only game in town, yeah, that is actually offering that. Um, I mean, there we do have... Um, um, a homeless shelter that offers transitional and permanent residence residency um, and their clients um, actually pay rent to them. So um, it's a great organization um, that is addressing those issues, but that they don't offer the chance for homeownership. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and that, that agency, by the way, is hospitality house. Um, they're, they're a great one to talk to if you ever, wanted to reach out their development mm-hmm. directors, Todd Carter, and they have a, a lot of counties that they're serving. But um, as far as any other nonprofit or anyone offering the chance for homeownership, Watauga County Habitat is the only one doing that right here. There is an affiliate in Avery County and about every county surrounding us pretty much, Ash, Wilkes. So. Now, when you say back to something you said earlier, the HUD housing, does that that describes pretty much either like government owned housing mm-hmm. and or privately owned section eight kind of things? Is that what we're talking about? Sure. Sure. And that's income based housing. So and, you know, I guess there's just a long waiting list to get in there. Mm-hmm. It, it is the issue right now. So, um, yeah. And so, how does how does that work? Like if I if I bought a house or several houses and I just wanted to fix them up to be livable and and provide out of the goodness of my heart lower costs uh uh rental or rents to to people how is that something I sign up through the government to do or how does that work I don't really know all the details of that I have had (laughs) uh, clients and friends that did live in income-based housing and um, and they're just managed by a rental company, and uh, some of them, I assume, are privately owned. And the the um, the owner would receive that, I guess that the difference um, mm-hmm. for the value of it through the government. And uh, but I do know that it, there's a long list to get into any of that kind of housing. Mm-hmm. Now, what what are what are your limiting factors aside? Let's just say money was no object, and and you just had were flush with cash. Um, what what are your challenges? What are the 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 limiting factors of Habitat? Just the amount of uh, volunteers, the amount of you know, kind sure. of riff on that a little bit. I would say uh, the just the high demand for construction right now. Um, it, we could pay a full time construction manager, but 
you know, we could pay three full-time construction people if we had an unlimited amount of money, but then it's like time to call in the subs, you know, the HVAC people, the electricians, the skilled labor that we actually need to sub out to complete the house. And they're on a waiting list because not only is um, houses selling like crazy and the stock of the real estate market's gone wild, but also construction has. Mm -hmm. And so, and then, you know, the weather can get us here in Watauga County. So uh, wintertime kind of can put us on a hold, hold a little bit, but um, those are just some of the other obstacles. And of course we volunteering is a main part of what we do. We, we don't want to just hire people to build our houses. We want to engage not only our homeowners, we want to engage volunteers because we believe that's how you really create community. So, um, you know, training our volunteers uh, can, can, can be a challenge, but, you know, anyone who signs up to volunteer is usually game to learn something new. Well, good. And along those lines, how, and I'd be remiss not to ask this question because you have to in these times is how, how did, how did the pandemic affect your operations and your builds and volunteerism and donations, all those things? Well, uh, we pretty much, um, our volunteer, we shut down our volunteer program when the shelter in place happened a year ago and had to, but, but we were a necessary, um, business construction. Mm -hmm. So we kept building, but we had to increase the cost and actually had to pay people to come out and not mm -hmm. use volunteers. So it has increased the cost of our homes and we don't want to pass that cost on to the homeowner. So, um, you know, again, going back to they're only going to pay 30%, no more than 30% of their income. But the cost of our houses has has increased and the cost of lumber has increased. My gosh, to build a house is it's um, cost a lot more than it did uh, two years ago or even a year and a half ago. So uh, COVID has affected us that way. Uh, our donors have been generous, though. They've understood and um, we have not had um, any setbacks when it comes to the generosity of the community, um, knowing how important it is for us to move on. Yeah, so you've named a few factors outside of your control, um, even if you had all the money in the world, that the weather, um, talent, you know, uh, skilled workers, and, and uh, you know, supplies, materials, and things like that. So, I mean, I, those are some three big things you got to yeah. overcome there. And it, um, having said that, what is your... Um, what's the future look like um, as far as the the number of bills you have actively going? I know I saw something about the uh, International Women's Bill in March and and some other things that are going on. You know, talk about what's what's on the horizon. Yeah. So um, just to touch on uh, International Women Bill Week, that was um, a couple weeks ago, and we've okay. done that for years. We have done that for so many years, and. This year, we could not meet in person. We had to have a virtual event and it could, we could not engage volunteers or, you know, at, a, at an active build site. So we wound up just having a trivia night, which was great because we were able to share about our mission and what we do. Um, but that women build um, was sponsored by Lowe's uh, Home Improvement and they did donate $5,000, which will go towards our house that we're building right now, breaking ground on. So we're wrapping up a home in our Greenwood community. That home will be finished uh, probably next month. And then 
we are uh, breaking ground on a home that is actually not in our community. Uh, this uh, future homeowner owned her own land. It was her family's land that had been in her has been in her family for you know over fifty years, and so she's gonna we're gonna build a house with her right beside her mother. So um, we're doing that one, and we just um, closed our application process for the home after that, which we will break ground in this summer on that home. So um, yeah, we got a lot going on. We have a home repair program that we're trying to share with the community because not only is it important to build new affordable housing, it's also very, very important to preserve um, the affordable housing stock that we have right here in the community. I mean, there's a there's a huge need for home repair. So, um, you know, there, it, there's always something. We've, we've got we got a lot of irons in the fire. Well, two questions out of that. And the first one is, you know, you just said you closed the application process. And I imagine the, there's, uh, I don't want to call it competition, but I bet there's a lot of demand um, given the, you know, the, the, the uh, housing uh, market status and everything. Um, what are the criteria that, that, that you look for and how does that work? Is that a lottery or is that a committee or, you know, how, and, and you know, I think it's, you know, I think it's great even that, uh, you know, there's emotional consideration taken because that was a beautiful story of helping someone build a house next to their family on their on their familial lands. And, and we all have our, you know, who knows what the 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 circumstances, you know, surrounding that. But if, what am I trying to say? What are the selection criteria? Sure, <laughs> this sure. is my question. So um, mortgage lending laws, federal laws don't allow us to just have an open application process. Um, that all changed years ago after the um, mortgage crisis in 2007 that we all remember. And so uh, it was a bill, the Dodd-Frank bill, um, re-addressed some issues. And one of them is that we can't just have a stack of applications. We have to open it for a certain window of time and anyone who, and we open it for about 90 days and uh, the applications are submitted and then that goes back to going through the criteria and seeing um, the ability to pay. And, you know, that would include your debt to income ratio. Mm -hmm. So it's the ability to pay. Then do you have a housing need and are you willing to partner with us? So uh, we had um, about 15 or more applications submitted during that period. And I know that uh, there's a committee and I'm so glad I'm not on that committee because I would be like Oprah saying, you get a home. Everybody gets a home. Everybody gets a home. But instead this committee narrows it down and they're meeting again tonight to go back over those applications. And hopefully within the next month, um, the, that committee Will, family Selection Committee will make a recommendation to our board of directors and the board of directors will vote um, on, yes, that sounds like a great family or individual. A lot of people think and ask, we only build for families. I'm like, no, we build for individuals also. Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, you, you know, it's so important that if you find, you know, I'm, I'm sure everyone's worthy and everyone's definitely has 
the need uh, who's who's applying, and it's um, you know you, people also have to understand you're putting a lot of trust because you're giving a lot and you're expecting a lot back in the terms of sweat equity and upkeep and and you know a, a desire to improve one's financial situation and not to, to be able to use that other seventy percent to invest in themselves and their food and transportation and all the other things. So, so that's great. Um, I, I wanted to get back to the repair thing. I saw that brush with kindness is how you've, how you've labeled that. Tell me how that works. So um, we focus mainly on exterior repairs, uh, just kind of maintaining the dignity of a home and a person will submit uh, just a interest form and share what their need is. And then we have construction staff that'll go out and kind of look at it and see if that's kind of falls within the scope of what we do. And then, you know, we have a construction leader, a paid person that will go out and oversee a few volunteers to do that repair. Okay. It's kind of a new program for us. And um, we felt like the community really did not, uh, was not aware that we were doing this. So we just recently uh, jump-started that a little bit and uh, issued a press release sharing about that program. And, you know, I mean, the day the press release went out, we had four people. <laughs> I mean, it was the day. And, and we don't have that much money budgeted for home repair, not like it, it's a fraction of what a new home is. And so it just, you know, I don't know. A part of me was like, I wanted people to apply and show interest, but then I'm like, oh gosh, it goes back to that whole thing. Wanting mm. to repair everybody's home and not just, you know, a few. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, I'm, I, I have a lot of hope in Habitat just because it's the model that, um, you know, could be replicated. I mean, I guess it is replicated across the U.S. with with in the world for, uh, um, you know, the local county level habitats. Mm -hmm. But it seems like, um, you know, with all the focus on, uh, or more focus on social determinants of health and how important housing is a part of that basic need, that there's not more private and nonprofit um interest in, in in providing that i guess people uh you know more people need to put their money where their mouth is i guess when, so, when it comes yeah. to housing but it's just you know it, it paints a picture of how uh i wouldn't say complicated but just how important it is to be involved in the process because if you just gave away homes to you know you had enough money materials and labor just to build up housing and say here yeah you have the home um you know, without that payment component, um, free or zero is just always the wrong price, you know, sure. and, and, yeah. and, and it doesn't create that value um, that you've earned something with your with your hard work. For some reason, it just I just love the ethos of, of that and, and the fact that Habitat's really found this model that works, even though it, you know, the capacity isn't what the market needs, but it's as much as you can do with the resources and the people that you have. So it's it's yeah. a, beautiful, a beautiful thing. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, let's see, where should we go with this? Um, tell us more what what bills you have coming up um, uh, in the next 12 months. I know you, you touched on a little bit of that. 
So we have um, a home that we're completing right now, right there in our Greenwood community. Um, and that's for a mom, dad, and there are two, two kids. Um, so we'll be finishing that home up next month. And then we're breaking ground for a single grandmother, um, breaking ground on her house uh, currently. And then, like I said, we're just waiting to hear who our next family is going to be, which is always really exciting to meet that next family. So, um, you know, and it's kind of amazing, too, to it, I, I feel like, OK, we're just building one, one and a half, maybe two homes a year. But when you put all the habitats together, I mean, you know, we've affected millions of people across the globe because, you know, we're right here in this county, but we're we're everywhere else. We're in over 1,100 affiliates around the United States and around the world. So, now tell me a little bit. I don't know a whole lot about the economics and and housing situation in, in your whole part of the state. Are there other counties close to you that have habitat uh, branches? Yep. So Avery County, um, they have a great affiliate. Ash County, I think uh, Caldwell County, they're just amazing um, in what they do. Uh, Pete Kidder is their executive director, and he's just knocking it out of the ballpark in Caldwell County. Uh, so, of course, there's one in Asheville. Asheville. Asheville and Charlotte have great Habitat affiliates, and they actually, uh, there's a big debate among which was the first Habitat affiliate in North Carolina. Was it Charlotte or was it Asheville? And I don't go there, but um, I just agree with whoever I'm in the room with. But, um, you know, we're we're all over North Carolina. And um, so, you know. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I mean, it, you know, from one county perspective, it doesn't seem like a lot. But when you aggregate all that, then the, yeah. then the housing picture gets greater. Now, talk about fundraising. I know donations, just individual donations. But what kinds of things do you do throughout the year to raise raise even more money? So we have um, a peer to peer fundraising campaign that's coming up um, April 1st. And it is uh, it lasts for about 10 weeks. And it is. Um, five teams of movers and shakers in our community that fundraise on our behalf. And it's a competition called the Big Kahuna. And um, the winner is crowned June 10th. So um, that they just go out and compete and, you know, and they do, and they advocate for us and share our story. And I think the competition gets pretty heated between them. I don't know. Um, you know, I've always enjoyed that aspect. We used to have it in March and I called it my March madness, but, um, April seems to be a better fit to launch the, that campaign. And again, that's a peer to peer campaign. So, um, and additionally, we have, um, annual event called blueprints and bow ties. Uh, we're going to have our 10th annual blueprints and bow ties on September 23rd. Last year, of course, we couldn't meet in person and I'm just, you know, we have a new event venue in Watauga County, and we anticipate we're going to have um, a great turnout. Um, fingers crossed we all get vaccinated and um, can gather up in September. So um, those are the two main uh, event type programs or uh, fundraising opportunities that we have. And then we just do the traditional grant writing and um, letter writing and so forth. Now, tell me how the restore factors into all that. The restore is amazing. Um, our restore pretty much funds all of our administrative costs. Um, and so when I'm out fundraising, it goes directly to build our houses. 
but um, our ReStore accepts new and gently used household goods. We keep lots of things out of the landfill. Somebody wants a new refrigerator and they, you know, we'll go pick up their old one and sell it here in the ReStore. And not only does it help people who don't want to go out and can't afford to go out and buy something brand new, but again, you know, a lot of people want to, um, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle. And we do that right here at the ReStore. Uh, things are hopping around here. Didn't slow down a bit when we reopened after the shelter in place. But, um, you know, but people have been spring cleaning for a year. People have been doing their own home repair projects for a year. So we, we get those items and sell them. We got some, we have some great stuff. That's great. Um, so you, you mentioned environmental aspect of keeping stuff out of the landfill and that's wonderful. What, what, as far as building, and I know you're restrict, you're constricted by funding and, you know, material availability. Um, but I wanted to ask what, what types of green building techniques or things that do you have your eyes on or that you're utilizing now? Well, um, our house is in the, in our Greenwood neighborhood. We have built them um, with a, with a, something called ICFs, which are insulated concrete forms. And they would, it's kind of your exterior walls on the outside of the house. And they are put together almost like Legos, super insulated and then filled with concrete. And that keeps the house so well insulated. Um, we also have a criteria for our homes called system vision. And that basically means that the cost to heat and cool, heat and or cool your home will never um, be more than around $40 a month. So, you know, we, we have that standard. Uh, you know, of course, we use um, you know, clean energy uh, type um, appliances and so forth. So that's that's what we're doing uh, to make our homes um, green and, um, again, affordable. Yeah, it seems like efficiency would be the, the move since, since you want to keep the utilities down as low as possible. Well, tell me, uh, uh, you know, Tell me a couple, uh, a couple more things about uh, Watauga County and and what 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 are some challenges you see? What keeps you up at night? And also, what are the wins? What are the what are the um, things that make you feel good and about what you're doing there? Well, I mean, I would say just to be able to afford affordable housing in Watauga County is something that does. Um, keep me up at night, you know, all those home repair applications and, and trying to figure out how to help people, you know, uh, the rental market and an average modest two bedroom apartment in Watauga County is about $925 a month. And that, that means a family's going to need to make about $37,000 a year. And, you, you know, you, with a minimum wage job, can't do that. So just kind of advocating, that's a big part of what ha Habitat does is um, you know, talk to our legislators and say, hey, you know, we need to address this. So, uh, but, you know, some of some of the wins are just the the generosity of the community. Again, I mentioned um, a, a, the church that is a, doing a whole house sponsorship. It's Blown Rock Methodist Church. And, and, you know, our community members are generous. So 
that's great. And just seeing the changes in our habitat families when they move in. Um, I mean, that uh, the Barker family that moved in last summer, um, the, the mom said to me recently, she said, I can't believe I can take a nail and actually nail it into the wall because nowhere I've lived have, have I been able to do that because I didn't own it. She's like, I can hang up pictures. I'm like, yes, you can do that. That is your mm -hmm. own. So, um, you know, those are just the great things. You know, I, I worked at a homeless shelter for many years and I, it was great work. I loved what I did, but um, I often left with just really defeated stories. You know, that we had a lot of wins there and a lot of, a lot of great things, but um, at Habitat, it's like happy endings. So, I, I really appreciate that and, um, you know, and enjoy that, that at the end of the day, um, I know that somebody is going to get a home and it's going to transform their lives forever for generations to come. It, you know. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. I love that. And, and I think it speaks to the greater wellness and health of someone who, who does have stable and affordable housing that they feel empowered and, and ownership of, around. And, and it's just, it's a, a lovely thing. So speaking of happy endings, um, this has been very uh, enjoyable conversation and I appreciate your time and uh, I wish you the best of luck with your upcoming builds and fundraising and all that stuff. And again, thanks for agreeing to come on today. Sure. Thank you, Andrew. How did you hear about us? Um, great question. Um, I was just looking for, um, looking for outside of Forsyth County and I typed in housing and, and, and Western NC and somehow I came across a news article about, uh, Habitat and your name was in there and I was like, well, I'm going to send you a, an invite. So that's kind of how I do Awesome. How I cult cultivate guests. I just shotgun emails and 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 uh, mention something that caught my eye of what what they were doing. And the hardest part is getting things scheduled. So I want to do a thousand more of these episodes, but it's always a challenge with uh, getting schedules synced and stuff like that. And and yeah. and again, I mean, just you know, people don't often think about topics like housing and health and health care right. and, and, and the wellness of, of, of the public. And, and I think just with this focus on social determinants of health, how, how, how big a part housing, transportation, food security, um, access to safe uh, places to be active and things like that. So all of those play a part in, uh, you know, our world in the healthcare professions, you know, is where we see, it all come together so so it's important yeah. to talk about these ha the, these topics so allison thanks again for thank your thank you andrew thank you it's been great yeah have a great day